Hey guys, Champagne Room Hoops Podcast, Season 2, Episode 7. All things Illini Hoops on the way. Stay tuned. I'm proud to tell you all that Champagne Room Hoops Podcast has partnered with Underdog Fantasy. On top of that, I've got even better news. They will match your first deposit up to $100. The only way for you to get in on this special is by downloading their app and using our code CRH24. Again, that's CRH24. Even if you've already registered but haven't deposited, you can still use the promo. When you do, Underdog will match your first deposit up to $100. What are you waiting for? Get started today and come play along with us all season long at Underdog Sports. Again, code CRH24. What's up, everybody? We are back for another edition of Champagne Room Hoops podcast as part of Beyond the Big Ten Podcast Network. You can check us out on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, or anywhere you get your podcasts, and on YouTube at Beyond Big Ten. Also, make sure to follow along on all social media, Twitter, IG, and TikTok with the handle Beyond Big Ten. I am former Illini point guard Sam Maniscalco, joined by do-it-all swing man, the original Mr. 3 and D, the original Mr. Glue Guy himself, Billy Cole at BuckWildBill33. And I should mention Billy as one of Peoria Richwood's finest because another special guest kind enough to join us today, current Illinois basketball play-by-play radio man. But more importantly, another one of Peoria Richwood's all-timers, Doug Altenberger. Doug, thanks for carving out the time. Yeah, Sam, and, and uh, I was going to call you Terry. <laughs> <laughs> it's good to be here. Thanks for inviting me. Billy, you want to give a little bit more formal introduction yeah, a, uh, very, for Doug? Yeah, I think this is, you know, as we've tried to shape uh, what our, our listeners want to listen to, you know, me and Sam, instead of our hearing our opinions go back and forth every week, we've been trying to bring you guys a lot more guests. Um, as we were thinking who we could get on, you know, Doug popped in my mind. I used to call him Uncle Doug growing up. But really, for you young Illini fans out there that might not know, this is a, a true Illini legend. Over 1,200 points as an outside scorer without a three-point line. Uh, drafted by the Bulls in the 80s. Um, made a, a brief cameo in the last dance, if I'm not mistaken. Uh, so we just have a, an even more special for me, like Sam said, a Peoria Richwoods, uh, maybe, maybe one of the starters of the Peoria pipeline. Um, so it's a, a special little 30, 45 minutes we've got for you today. And, and there's no one better to get his opinions on, uh, on this year's Illini team. And we, we've got a good team, but Doug, I'm interested just to kick us off, you know, so far in the season, there's, there's a lot that's transpired, a lot that's happened. Obviously, we've got a top fifteen team, but what's your what's your just general outlook on, on what's transpired so uh, far? Well, in the season? I, I would say that uh, this team has a good vibe, um, and uh, some of the the transfer portal uh, guys that we got, we can talk more about it a little bit later, but uh, have been a good fit for the team, um, and I, I think these guys are coming in with the attitude of uh, you know, of winning first and whatever it takes. So, uh, being around the team, it's, it's been a real joy. You know, last year's team, I, I think it, sometimes they even tried too hard. You guys are players. You know how it is. When I played, it was called chemistry. Uh, Brad talks about being connected and being on the same page. And these guys are, um, I think, you know, they're still, uh, you know, offensively, they've gotten a lot better since the beginning of the season. Uh, I think defensively, um, I think, you know, both you guys, when you see a game uh, a little bit different than fans, because you're used to coaches yelling at us when we're making mistakes, you know, defensively, uh, especially that middle ball screen has been a real, you know, Maryland exposed us pretty badly. Uh, and a lot of teams uh, built off there, like Northwestern, they did that the whole game, especially with Boo Booey. And so that's an area where, you know, they need to improve, um, you know, definitely uh, in that interior defense teams are getting downhill on, but they're still a really good team. Uh, you know, the season now, um, you know, we're getting close to March and, uh, you know, the older teams and teams that can shoot the basketball, uh, in the NCAA tournament, uh, are the teams that seem to do well and be able to get stops. And I think that's one area where, you know, it would be nice to see our guys improve in that area down the stretch, get a little better, tougher defensively. And I think Brad's talked about that, uh, especially after the Michigan game. Yeah, Doug. Yeah, I think I think I saw his post game where he said they didn't even practice offense for the last two days, and um, I was kind of I think that's smart because you were watching them slide down the you know the defensive rankings. They were in the top five in December, and then down into you know fiftieth range right now, and and that's how you're gonna. It's the boring answer that no no one wants to talk about on a podcast because 
it, you know, it's just expected if you're a good team to play defense, but they've got the athletes, they've got the bodies. I think, you know, one thing, Sam, I'm interested and Doug touched on it, but we, we brought it up when Bruce was on the podcast. Right. And that's the fact that they would switch anything against anybody. And it seemed like they've, they've calmed down on that a little bit. It seemed like they were giving, you know, the boo booies of the world, any matchup that they wanted at any point of the game. Um, and so not only did they calm down on it, I noticed, um, Luke Goody, you know, he was kind of last guy off the bench for the players that played against um, in their last game against Michigan. So, you know, we all know he could shoot. He's got to make shots, but he also has to be able to if they're going to play like that, he's got to be able to guard one through five. And it just doesn't seem like he, he's got that in him at this point in his career. Yeah, I mean, all, all, all the teams in the Big Ten switched. Uh, um, I, I, you know, that's a new that, that's not new, but um you know, if you don't need to switch, you shouldn't switch. But uh, because of the team's this team's length, and because the success we had uh, up until you know, let's call it sometime in January, um, you know, it was sort of it was working. Um, and uh, but but now, that's the thing about once you get into the Big Ten play. I mean, the coaches, you know, everybody's got a great staff. Uh, everybody's got all the video. And once they start to see something, a trend or whatever, so teams are teams are taking advantage of it. And the other thing is we don't double team in the post, which you know there's a there's a, a lot of uh, argument there, and that that's hurt us as well. Um, but I think watching a little bit of the Maryland game right now, it uh, looks like we have doubled down uh, a couple times with a guard coming over the top, just to hedge a little bit or or show a new look. So I. Th- just seeing that briefly while uh, we're on air here. So, you know, it's, it's a, I mean, the bottom line is this team can make a good run in the tournament. Um, you know, they've got uh, Shannon back. I, th- I thought he is finally, I did the Ohio state game uh, in Columbus and he played tremendous. And it seems like he's built off that game. has got his confidence back and I'd like to see him play a little better defense as well. Yeah, I agree. It seems like he's got his legs back finally after that, you know, brief hiatus he took. He looks more in rhythm, more comfortable. Doug, you mentioned, um, and, and this has been a consistent theme with Bill and I talking on the podcast, you know, obviously since the transfer portal stuff is so crazy every summer, um, you know, we talked a lot about last year's team and how, you know, before the season, the transfer portal looked like a, a great get for the Illini and things didn't just pan out for for obvious reasons that we can get into another time. But this year, you know, the portal, maybe not as you know, high profile of guys that, that Brad has put together, but we've talked continuously about, about fit and you used the word chemistry earlier. This team just seems to those guys that he got just seem to fit better, fit what Brad wants to do. The personalities fit better. The locker room seems like it's, it's better. And I'm not sure anybody expected Marcus, uh, you know, to be what he was, but he's turned out to be obviously a, an unbelievable get in the transfer portal. Have you yeah. seen the difference between last year and this year in that regard? Yeah, I mean, the when, let's take a step back with the portal. Uh, you know, let's say a, a Valley team might have a hundred, hundred fifty grand for the whole team, uh, just to put it in perspective. Uh, supposedly, I've never confirmed it, but what I've been told is like Purdue, every scholarship guy gets a hundred grand. So you can see how uh, we got Marcus to come up from Southern, um, and I'm sure he wanted to get to that next level or whatever. But he's uh, transferred, and you know, from a financial perspective, it's been a big payoff for him. Um, so those are things that you know all of a sudden has shifted since the beginning when NILs came out. Now, uh, if you're a top tier player and you want to play in a league that has more exposure. Uh, you're going to go out and, and sort of test the waters and see what I, NILs you can get. So Illinois, we're not, you know, maybe at the level of a Kentucky and everything, but we, because we're a Big Ten school and because we've got a good system set up, you know, we're able to pay these guys, you know, a significant amount of money. Um, I don't know what each guy's getting paid, but it's a lot. And so uh, in that regard, um, it really helps you with recruiting. And I think the first year when we did it, um, I think Brad was excited. Um, he's used to being in a transfer uh, portal system type thing because when he was with Bob Huggins a lot, that's what they did. They did a lot of junior college players. So he's very mm-hmm. comfortable with that. Um, I just thought this year um, they learned a lot from that first year with the NILs, and they've done a marvelous job you know, filling in the gaps. Uh, Quincy's playing a lot better. You know, he got hurt beginning of the season, so he was sort of slow coming out. But 
uh, you know, when he's playing well, we're we're pretty much unstoppable at that spot because he can hit the you know the three pointer. He can run the floor. He's a great offensive rebounder. Gives us another look. Takes a little pressure off for some of the other guys. So he's. I always thought he was a big part. He's slowed down here the last few games, but hopefully he can get back on track. But yeah, the portal system is something where you know the the big schools. I'll call them you know, the the football schools. Uh, can really leverage from that. And then basketball is a big benefit of the NILs. And it's uh, seeing it now. It's, um, it's interesting how it's transformed. And it's really helped us a lot. I mean, we, these guys have come in and, and have, have played huge minutes. You know, uh, Damask is playing almost 36 minutes a game, somewhere around there. I mean, he's just playing huge minutes for us. And he's, he's an older guy and he's solid. And, uh, you know, it's hard to win in the Big Ten, as you guys know, if you're a young team. And, and with us being older, it gives us a big advantage. Yeah, for sure. One, uh, one player I'm interested to ask you about, Doug, just because there's another guy we talk about all the time. And he, he gets a lot. He kind of polarizes the Illini fan base, if you will. And that's Coleman Hawkins. I think the basketball, the guys who, who've played there before know how much he gets asked to do. It's it's part of the reason what you just said, right? He plays over 30 minutes a game. He hardly ever can come out because we don't really play a five. His defense is amazing, but he's just so – he just plays with his heart on his sleeve. He's so emotional all the time. And he really seems – like you talk to, you know, 100 basketball fans, 50% are like kind of roll their eyes when, when he gets brought up and expect him to do more. And the other 50% are – you know, I think they – they see, you know, how big of an influence he has on the team. What's what's your take on on his game? If did, did you think going into this season that he would have this type of role, or he would be more of like the Batman as opposed to Robin, or or how has this year played out for him? Yeah, that's a good question. I I, I really didn't have a feel for him coming into this year. Um, I thought last year um, he, he was doing a lot of positive things, um, and the coaching staff, you know, continued to to talk about it. I mean, he. You know, uh, some of the fans are like, well, he doesn't take care of the basketball sometimes. And, you know, he's not making many shots. Well, that, that's all changed this year. I mean, he, he has really, uh, I think, found a sweet spot uh, and much more comfortable working with Shannon and the rest of the guys. And that, that going back to everybody being on the same page. And he's, uh, you know, he's playing out of position, as you know. You mentioned that. Uh, he's not a five. Um, he's got to guard the five guys. And so that's one of the reasons why, uh, when we when the, the big man comes up and sets that screen and uh, he sort of plays back and, and zones that area, but you know that's not really what his forte is. Uh, the coach has asked him to play five spot. He's he's done a good job. He's done a great job, I think. But um, you know, I think you know I I like the way he's played this year. Um, I, you know, I would I would have set up till this year. Um, everybody talks about a lot of things that he does, and um, yeah, I just wanted to see more out of him. Only because, you know, if you're telling me he's a first rounder, uh, I would expect him and to, to do what he's doing this year, which is, you know, hitting threes. Uh, he pops out. He passes the ball extremely well. Yeah. Uh, it'd be great to see him and Dane out there more. Brad's tried, tried, talked about trying getting him out there, uh, but I don't know if it's because of matchups or defense or, or whatever it is, but they just really haven't played a lot play a little high-low. I know he'd like to do that. But uh, Hawkins' defense, his steals, everything he does, all those intangibles, he's great. And, of course, he's, he gets a little excited out there. He, he's had a, I've seen him doing the radio. I've, I've noticed the refs have been watching him lately, and I think you know there's been a consensus sometimes uh, that they're going to put him on sort of a short leash. So he's gotten a couple quick technicals the last few games. You know, uh, and I think that's more of just sending a message to him. Hey, you know, let's uh, stick to basketball. Let's not get too crazy out here. And I think that's one area where, you know, uh, as, as as skilled as he is and as good as he is, uh, uh, the maturity part of it is, is he's still growing in that area. But he's done a good job of handling himself and, and being a good, you know, he's I, I would say he was he's not a vocal uh, leader in a sense, but he is leads by example um you know the first one there last one to leave he puts the time in uh, he's a good role model for the younger guys so there's a lot of things he does off the court and the way uh he connects with his teammates you know it's uh you know it's a positive thing and he's leaving a good legacy for the younger guys you know to see what it takes to to to, to win at this level how about as far as um NCAA tournament run for this team, ceiling, et cetera. Um, 
we've talked about in episode past. We just we just love the way that this team's put together because we feel this year we've seen it. This team can win in multiple different ways, right? They can find ways to win if they're not shooting the ball well. Um, they can get defensive stops when they need to. Their versatility, their athleticism. And the one thing I noticed, I went to Northwestern game when they played here, and I, I was talking to Bruce about this on the last podcast. I, I think we're a very physical team. We're one of the more physical teams in the Big Ten. Our size, our strength. Um, and I think when we do that well and we use that physicality, we can really beat teams up. And we all know the Big Ten is a, is a very physical league. But, you know, NCAA tournament run, we know it's a lot of it's based on matchups, but I, I just feel like this team gets the right matchups with our firepower that we can make a legitimate run in the NCAA tournament. Yeah, I, the, the key is is that you know we're shooting the ball well, um, we're running the floor. When we uh, get to the offensive rebounds, we board um, and get out and transition. I mean, Shannon is as good as anybody in, in transition. So what happens, you, you guys, you understand the Big Ten can get compact a little bit. Um, and once you get into – towards the uh, the Big Ten tournament and then the NCAA tournament, you know, it's it's crapshoot. I mean, you got to get out there and play. you got to make baskets. you got to play well. Um, everybody's either trying to get to the tournament or upset you, that, and it's one and done from there on out. So this team, I think, if, if they can be physical and they don't foul, um, they're usually pretty good uh, at, at keeping you off their free throw line in general. So they, that's a, you know, that's a rarity, you know, to be physical and, and that foul. So, and I think we can beat teams different ways. I mean, uh, in the half court game, uh, Damascus is good as anybody uh, with the booty ball backing down. You know, you've got Shannon hitting outside threes now and running the floor, and you know he's a weapon. Hawkins has been around. You know, these guys have all been in the NCAA tournament several years, so they know what to expect this year going in. They haven't had the success, so maybe that'll motivate them a little more. Um, but I, I think this team is, uh, you know, even the uh, the experts uh, really love this team, and that's because they they can. They can beat you in different ways, but they love to run the floor and rebound. And when they're doing that, you know they they're uh, they're really good. And the only thing that scares me a little bit, you know, or, or is is a heavy senior guard oriented type team who can control us a little bit, take our time. You know, a team that can take us a little bit out of rhythm. Th- those yeah. are the teams that sort of upset us, like Maryland when they came in. You know, they just stuck to half-court basketball and slowed us down, and ch- and we had to chase them uh, for a whole 20 minutes in that second half. Those are the teams that, that you know, Sam, that you talked about are, are a matchup nightmare for these guys a little bit, um, and, and that's when they struggle a little bit. with. And Northwestern, uh, they always play well at home, but, you know, it's good that we've gone against some different lineups in the Big Ten. And, uh, you know, these guys have learned from it. And that's one thing about this team, I think, more importantly than anything. They're, they're a real smart team, and uh, they almost – Brad's tried to push them to be a little bit more, um, you know, uh, not everything by the book. Be a little more creative out there. Don't be afraid to make a mistake. That's the way they were playing that first month. They're just trying to figure out the system a little bit more once you get out in front of 16,000 people. So I, I think these guys will be, you know, they, they've got uh, a little chip on their shoulder going in the tournament because they really haven't had a lot of success. Yeah, that's all really good stuff. I, I think, you know, I think about the tournament for this team, and I think Brad's almost put himself in a weird position where, you know, I don't think, you know, unless something crazy happens, I don't think we're going to win the Big Ten. You know, two game, Purdue's already two games up. We still have to play them, so anything could happen there. But but the crazy part for me comes in where the Illinois fan base, the Illinois faithful, the Illinois alumni really hold this program in such high regard, and they should. It's 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 a blue blood, whatever you put that at, 10, top 20. But he and there's no doubt he has the program in such a better spot than where he took it over. But basically the way i'm saying this is weird is none of none of these games like this season is going to be defined by what happens in the ncaa tournament like for me it's almost even tough to it's it's like it's tough to watch some of these conference games because it's like yeah they they absolutely have to win this but he's a victim of his own success with the and he's also a victim of the loyola loss um you know a couple of those losses and, and honestly some bad luck with the the year that covid canceled the tournament i think Correct me if I'm wrong, but they were going to be a one or a two seed and won the Big Ten that year. Um, 
So he's got us in a great spot as a program, but there's just so much that we hear about second weekend. I, uh, I, I just, you know, I hope and pray that everything that he does with this roster is geared up towards uh, whatever happens in this matchup we draw in the tournament. Yeah, I mean, Billy, you're correct. I mean, the the, the year um, the COVID kicked in, we were on a roll. We were playing great. And uh, the, the Big Ten tournament was canceled, and obviously the NCAA tournament. That that hurt. Uh, that, that set the uh, us back a couple of years because – we had come from such a, a difficult period with Gross, uh, and to then spend a couple of years where Brad had to get his players in there, so we didn't have a lot of like continuity, you know, going in um, with with the with the tournament. It was sort of new for these guys, and then the second year, which was which really was the first year, uh, Loyola was really really good, uh, and they played defense as well as anybody in the country. And our guys, um, you know, just got frustrated a little bit. And I think that's because that was their first tournament. They, expect, they expected, hey, we're going to walk in there. Um, and, you know, I, I've been through it where we almost got to the Final Four my sophomore year. And then, you know, I lost to Austin P. Uh, my senior, my fifth year at, at Illinois uh, because we had a young team. And I, I told the guys on my team, I said, listen, here, here everybody is good in the NCAA there's no bad teams. So if you have a bad night, either one better get lucky um, uh, because most of the teams are going to beat you. And, you know, Purdue lost last year in the first, first round as well. So there's a lot, you know, the word they use parody there, there truly is a lot of parody. So you've got to show up. And I think uh, these guys um, know that they get that Hawkins, uh, you know, has talked about it. So the, the, they're going into the tournament where I think, you know, uh, they are, they're, they're going to be ready to go. And I think last year's team was such a grind um, that just getting in the tournament and they were losing their, you know, their chemistry and all that. You could just sort of see it whatever, for whatever reason they're losing their energy. This team, I think um, it, they've just, they can't get too wound up. If they lose a few games here going down the stretch, doesn't really matter. You're going to be about a three or four seed, uh, but in the tournament, you know it's going to be a whole different deal because uh, the way we play and, and and the way the type of style that we play, we could be we could go real deep in the tournament. This is a much more, I would say, dangerous team uh, than than even the last couple of years. So there, I, I feel like this this team has got what it needs to take to go deep in the tournament. Last year's team, I just felt like you know with all the stuff going on. Uh, in January, and they had to change offenses, change all the. And, uh, it was just a you know a full 180 all of a sudden in the middle of the season, and they were able to make it work through January. But they struggled in February, and it just carried over to March, and then they never really got the momentum. That's the thing is you want to you want to be peaking uh, in March. You know, Indiana when I was at uh, Illinois, you know, Bobby Knight. If you beat him early in January, that was fine. But come end of February, end of March, his teams were playing as well as anybody in the country. And he always wanted them peaking at that time. He didn't really care much until they're working up to that point. So uh, Michigan State is another team that's really hot. You know, again, so those are, that's what you want to do. So I think this team, again, with Shannon finally back and now everything getting back to normal, it'll be interesting what happens next, next couple of weeks. How about as far as... You know, this team and, you know, every team has their quote unquote weaknesses, their strengths, et cetera. But as far as our Achilles heel, um, Billy and I had talked a little bit, you know, it is a team that doesn't have a quote unquote true point guard. You know, now that that term has changed a lot over the years versus, you know, what it has been 10, 15 years ago because the game's changed so much. But would you say what would you say about the about the Illini this year? What might be their Achilles heel, um, you know, headed in these last few weeks of the season? I think number one is their post defense. Uh, they don't really have, you know, uh, Dane. It, they've tried to put Dane in there on the post, try to get real physical. You know, Dane just, you know, is not making that conversion. You know, is just not making it. Mm-hmm. Uh, doesn't have that edge to him. Uh, Brad's tried to push him in there, and I think one's the reason why maybe Dane hasn't played as much as he'd like or you know should. But you know, uh, a coach. I tell fans this all the time. It doesn't matter if you score thirty a night. It's changing a little bit, but when we Paul played, you know, if you didn't play defense, you just didn't. You know, Bruce Weber wasn't going to put you in. I mean, that's just the way it is. Because 
Uh, and if you turn the ball over, you know, you're not going to get in either. You're not going to be sitting on the bench. So I, I think post-play, uh, post-defense is a, is a real weakness for us. We don't double the post. Hawkins sometimes is exposed there. Um, I'd like to give him a little more love defensively. But uh, Brad talks a lot about the analyticals uh, stuff and looking at that. And I think that's one reason why we don't as much sometimes. And I think the second thing is um, if we get uh, like um, uh, going brain dead here, like the point guard from Marquette, Marquette who's a great player. Uh, you Kolek, know, Kolek. The guy, you know, those type of guys really the control tempo. Uh, yeah, yeah, those are that's the guys that really are. We can't get them, making them uncomfortable. We just don't have a, that type of guard to, to 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 throw at them right now. Shanning maybe can do a little bit of it, um, and I think the more he gets a little better in shape, even I think he's probably getting close to being one hundred percent. You know, maybe we could throw him on there. But if we're switching on defense, and that goes back to what you guys talked about a few episodes, you were, when we start switching on defense, they're just going to switch and then get the right matchup, Sam, like you talked about. Northwestern did that uh, the whole second half. Yeah. And, um, you know, we, we were, you know, trying to and, – and, and all of a sudden it would be Luke – Garden Boo Booey, and that's what they wanted. And then that creates stress on your defense, opens up the perimeter because you got to come over and ha- help your teammate out and all that. So, my point is, I think, you know, anything like that, you know, would, would give us a little, uh, as they say in, in Italian, a little agita. You know what I mean? They'll give you a little heartburn. So, but those, I think those teams, but if we, you know, if we get downhill and we can rebound and we can run and we can attack, I mean, our, we're putting up some big numbers here in the yeah. Big Ten, which typically a high scoring uh conference and we're we're you know we're we're coming into town and uh we're like big gunslingers we're 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 scoring 80 90 points even on the road so you know it's it's a fun game it's a fun team to watch i I, you know having done the the broadcast they they uh when they're we're clicking on all offense it's 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 a lot of fun to watch for sure as uh as president of the glue guy fan club like sam has dubbed me as i have to you know give a shout out to ty rogers who's one of my favorite favorite players just like a physical monster even as a sophomore he just dominates games with his rebounding his defense um you know i'm curious doug one answer we've never really been able to get we're not super close to it but it seems like he's he brad has sat him down a couple times in the second half um you know it just especially northwestern i thought he uh you brought up the ohio state game earlier with terrence shannon I thought uh, Ohio State at Ohio State was um, Ty Rogers' best game of the season. Um, one, wh- why does he get sat down like that in favor of Harmon and Goody? And two, um, do you think he has the tools what it, to make that jump to the next level and be a, be an NBA guy? Because I sure see it, and I'm curious if, if other people are seeing that someday for him as well. Um, yeah, so in regard to the playing time um... – you know, I, I think it's more about the matchup. So, um, and Ty puts a, uh, is, is, is was playing a lot of minutes, and, and they're physical. You know, he's rebounding. He's, you know, he's picking up 50-50 balls. He's, uh, you know, his offensive rebounding is phenomenal. Um, you know, the, the, they put centers to guard him because he can't shoot supposedly, but you know, he's pretty much shredded that. Uh, that defense, uh, what the other uh, opposing coaches are doing. So there's some adjustments they've had to make. Um, defensively, um, I, I think he's been caught on that 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 ball screen that uh, with the big man coming up at the top of the key, that you know with a middle ball screen. So that's that he's been getting stuck on that a little bit. So I think he's brought Harmon in to try to defensively get a little quicker guy in there. So Harmon has stole, not to say stole, but he's, he's been playing more minutes. So I think that's part of it. Um, I think Goody, uh, he needs in there sometimes because he's got to get some, uh, you know, when they run that uh, ball action, that uh, high ball screen as well, you know, Goody, come, uh, Goody comes off the weak side and he's wide open a lot of times. So, you know, he likes him in there for shooting. And so I think what happens is Ty, you know, there's different things going on out there, and he gets sometimes the short end of the stick. But I think a lot of guys, uh, about, about a couple of weeks ago, a lot of people were like, well, what's going on here? So he has been playing more, you know, since yeah. since that. But, yeah, he, the energy he brings, 
uh, you know, he brings the lunch bucket every day and he is a hardworking guy and he, he gets after it. And I think the way he plays and how hard he plays, I think he, it's, it's okay to get him on the bench and give him a little rest and get back in there because he, he lays it all out there when he's out there. For sure. And I, I think, so, I, I think too, the next level, I think he's got an NBA body, um, you know, from a skill perspective, he has made huge advancements, like from free throw shooting, handling the basketball. He surprised me. I, I didn't think he could do as well as he's done. Um, and he's really taken a lot of pressure off us on the point guard position. Um, we really haven't really, even the three of us talked today or, or some of the fans, we really haven't talked about not having a point guard, a true point guard. Right. And, and that's where I got to give Brad and his staff credit. Cause I, that's a real tough place to be if coach trying to figure out who's going to be the quarterback out there. Yeah. And I, I haven't yeah, seen, sure. I haven't seen many instances this year where it's really, you know, been glaring that, you know, oh, we don't have a point guard. There's a little bit in that Michigan state game late down the stretch there, some entry passes, you know, we had a few turnovers in a row. I'm not sure a, a true point guard would totally change that outcome. I just think it makes people more comfortable in their positions, but there was a lot more obviously in that game down the stretch than just not having a point guard. Um, but my guy for this team, and I've said it all year, I think, you know, Terrence Shannon Jr. gives you what he gives you, you know, he's back in the rhythm. We love what Marcus does, but I've always said it was Coleman Hawkins is kind of the X factor on this team, the way he plays, you know, the positionless basketball that he plays. And you mentioned earlier, Doug, how Brad really likes this team to be instinctual. It doesn't seem like it's a lot of, you know, set actions, um, you know, that, that they run offensively. Um, and they're at their best when you said they're getting out in transition, they're getting on the break. These guys are getting downhill, getting to their spots, or these guys are, you know, playing booty ball and, and getting in their in their comfort zone. But I think Coleman Hawkins, in my opinion, is just a guy that he can do so much on the court. He, he presents such a matchup problem. You mentioned it. I think he's an unbelievable passer for a guy that size. His feel and his instincts um, at that size are great. And when he's shooting the ball well, when he can pick and pop and shoot the ball well, it really opens everything up for this team. Yeah, he, he's you know he's he's a, like I call it a third option. The first option is you know you got the mask and then you got uh, Shannon. Those two guys um, are definitely have stepped up offensively, and they're, they're you know there are you know there are for, uh, our number one and number two pitchers. But the thing about Hawkins is because he can shoot the three and he can roam out there and he can pass. He's got yeah. great vision. He said. Um, you know, he, that's that's when he is feeling it, where he can, you know, get those feet set, you know, look at the rim, you know, and uh, and, and or pass it. So I've, I've really – Brad's even talked about that they actually pass too much a little bit. I think there was a game I – mean, it was Michigan State game where, you know, Coleman was wide open. He just had to go up and dunk it. He, he kicked it to the perimeter for an open three there was nobody there, you know, we sort of threw the ball out of bounds, which we ended up doing a couple more times and caused easy buckets for, for Michigan state. But yeah, he, he just, he's, you know, when he plays like he's playing like a first round uh, draft pick, I mean, he's, I mean, we're, we're, uh, you know, we're, we can run with anybody in the country. And I just hope that, you know, that he can, he can, um, what I was trying to say here, I'm hoping he can, accept and not let the more he gets playing better and better that he'll stay in the, you know, in the zone and just stick to the basics and not get caught up in the whole emotion part of it, because that's one of the negative uh, things about, about Coleman is sometimes he gets too, you know, all he's all in and everything else. So I, I, I hope that as well as he's playing now that he can continue to be consistent and then from being a, a little bit more mature out there because we really need him out there. And so when he, if he gets, if he gets in foul trouble or if he gets, you know, a uh, technical or he gets sort of caught up uh, with the, with the whole energy of what's going on, then, it, then, it, then he can, he can hurt us a little bit. So when he's on all cylinders, which he's been playing so well all year, you know, we're, we're, uh, we're, we're a whole different team, especially offensively. We just give you another twist. Yeah, that's a, all really good points. I think there's, you know, as I look up, there's five minutes, 20 seconds left in the first half and Illini trailing by uh, by two points. So it's it's death taxes and <laughs> Illinois struggling. 
Illinois struggling with Michigan lately in the Big Ten. I don't think, uh, you know, I like to bring it up, but we could just play Sam Maniscalco's Maryland game at Maryland hmm. game. That one, what was what was that? Twenty seven there, Sam. I don't remember. I'm, I'm, I'm ex- <laughs> no, I sure do. It was twenty six. Uh, <laughs> I, I then it was down, then it was downhill after that. So how did you? Because we have uh, we have really struggled. Brad has struggled with Maryland. Um, we just yeah. that was actually that was before too. Maryland was in the Big Ten. That was the Big Ten ACC challenge that we went there. Oh, okay. so yeah, so they yeah. weren't even a, they weren't a conference opponent. That probably helped too because they probably didn't scout us that well and didn't know who this little five eleven white point guard was. And <laughs> I, I was able to hide a little bit and make some shots. <laughs> Did you? Uh, do you guys go to College Park? Is that where you get? Yeah, you yeah, yeah. At? That was a cool, cool place to play. Yeah, it's it a is. New, new place to play. They, they, their fans are they're good fans and they support the team and they're loud and it's a tough place to win. Maryland is, uh, you know, they got and they've got some good players. I mean, they were picked up to, to you know be at the top of the the Big Ten and talk about you know chemistry and not being connected. They just haven't gotten on the same page all year and uh, you know it, although they're very talented, they're just you know having a hard time getting W's in the Big Ten. Yeah, and I saw uh, Holtman got canned from Ohio State, right? Yeah, we did. did I, yeah, we did that game in Columbus. I don't think they said there was eight, ten thousand people there, or whatever it was. I, there was lucky to have seven thousand, six thousand people uh-huh. there. Yeah, it was. I, I, you know, he he had a tough year last year, and they were going in this year, and and, and they had uh, high expectations there, uh, and it just they just can't get it. You know, just keep can't get it going and there wasn't anybody there you could just feel the whole energy and it didn't it didn't have a good vibe there I, I i was surprised that didn't wait till after the season but uh they got a new ad there and i think he wants to put his guy in there so what it wasn't gonna you know he was gonna get fired at the end of the season anyway so they uh, gave him his walking papers but yeah. i mean what do you think about do you think you think Jawan will be there next year um i think he'll be in the nba um, I, I do. I think the NBA is a great place for him. Yeah. Uh, and, and I think he's a, he's a good coach. Uh, he's been around, he knows how to coach the game. Uh, it's just college, you know, you've got to wear so many different hats in college. Um, and in the NBA, you can just be a coach and not worry about player personnel too much or any of that. And I think that's, you know, and, and unfor- unfortunately for him, he's had a little, um, you know, unlucky, you know, Dickinson went over to Kansas and he's had some injuries and, you know, uh, all of a sudden, bam, you know, you're struggling to get a victory in the Big Ten. So, I, but I, I would expect him, you know, moving to the to the NBA. I think that's a, a better fit for him. And then, Doug, how about some of your favorite memories playing at Illinois, places to play, teams played against, games, anything that stands out? Um, I mean, you know, a couple of my sophomore year, we won the big 10, uh, championship. Uh, we went 15 and three, uh, it was a spectacular year. We, um, back then, I think they only had 48 teams in the tournament. So we went up to Milwaukee, uh, we beat Villanova and then we played Maryland. Maryland had won the ACC. They were ranked, I don't know, maybe a top three team or they were one of the top teams in the country. And they had Len Bias, who was on that team, who was, uh, some argue, as mm-hmm. athletic as Michael was. Um, and we beat them barely. And then we played Kentucky and at Rupp Arena. Uh, believe it or not, that was um, the bizarre part was we were in the Elite Eight. We were playing a home game against Kentucky. They changed the rules since then. So we had to beat them uh, in front of 22,000 people. Um, but we came close. So that was a great year. Uh, it was really special. The next year, my junior year, was was a lot of fun. Uh, I had gotten hurt, and then I came back and, and uh, had a good NCAA tournament. We played Georgia Tech. We lost to them uh, in the East Regional. Um, you know, Georgetown at that time was, you know, uh, a force with Patrick Ewing. And, you know, back then, you know, Jordan stayed all three years in school. Ewing stayed all four years. Back, Most of the guys stayed all four years, mm-hmm. believe it or not. So it was a little bit, you know, it was a little bit different. Uh, you know, North Carolina had Worthy, um, uh, Perkins. Um, I'm trying to think. They had four guys on the, uh, Michael Jordan. Forget the four. They had four guys. 
well, three of the four were uh, starters were in the NBA, and the three top three were you know, top fifty all time great players. So, North Carolina was just loaded. I mean, the the disparity. I mean, the the, the difference between the top teams and just the the middle teams was 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 a big big step. So, but it was you know the Big Ten was great. I mean, we you know we loved playing at Indiana, Purdue. We loved playing there. We didn't have a lot of success at Purdue. Purdue was uh, and um, you know we just I just remember trying to win on the road in the Big Ten was so hard. And we our goal was every year is try to split or, or do a little better than that. Um try to win those games. And then at home, you just you just didn't lose at home. And we yeah. we only lost of of the four or five years there. I, we didn't lose at home at all and because you can't afford to in the Big Ten. But you know, the Bobby Knights of the world, the Gene Cadys of the world, they don't they don't make them like that anymore. <laughs> and uh, it was fun to be around that, you know, Judd Heathcote um you know they uh these guys you know were true basketball coaches they started making you know hardly anything and they didn't make that much money back then even believe it or not but um you know now it's it's changed a lot um because of the money and everything but yeah i mean just being around all those you know lute olson who was at i when i was there you know he won a national championship judd uh heathcote won one bobby won a couple or won three, you know, Katie owned the big 10 and, uh, he did great, just didn't do great in the tournament. So the coaching was pretty intense. And, uh, I, that's what I remember, you know, Bobby Knight, you know, uh, ranting and Raven and Katie chasing, uh, trying to, you know, one year we were beating them by about 40 at home and, and Gene had gotten upset. And when he got upset, he, he starts talking to the players and uh, we had a guy named Scott Mentz on our team and Scotty was, uh, from Kankakee area. And Scotty started talking a little bit back to him, and Gene's like, "Okay, you know what? Uh, next thing I know, it Katie and is chasing Scott down the tunnel <laughs> to uh, to express his uh, difference of him talking to him. So he wanted to beat him up. So it was pretty funny. Uh, we had to hold Gene back, but you know, th- those were the crazy days. You know what I mean? That that stuff now, everybody would, you know, everybody's a lot more serious right now. But mm-hmm. back then, it was a lot of fun. It was a little more relaxed and. Uh, you know, everything now is just so much more scrutiny on these kids. And, uh, you know, we didn't have phones back then. So, you know, um, it, it was just a different world back then. But it was, uh, I tell my kids, uh, they said, Dad, how do you exist without a phone? I said, you know what? It was pretty nice, I tell yeah, you. <laughs> Ever. Um, but it, the, the game the game has changed a lot, but it hasn't changed a lot. And, uh, you know, watching you guys play, you know, I did the television. And to see, you know, all the different players, all the great players have come through Illinois and the tradition and how much the fans just love uh, and support the program. You know, it's great to see, you know, what Brad's done. You know, we're going to be in the upper half of the Big Ten. We're going to be ranked usually. uh, And he's really done a great job from that perspective because it's hard when you're at the bottom and you're trying to get back up to the top. Um, It's not that easy because the Big Ten network now level the playing field. So, you know, Northwestern makes just as much as we do and Ohio State, we're all on pretty much on the same page uh, when it comes to having revenue for the program. So it's, it makes it a more even playing field, which which I think is a good thing. But yeah, my, my, my favorite place to play on the road was probably Indiana. Um, I always like those rims there. Uh, Billy, I don't know how you liked them, uh, but you know they just seemed like that the ball went in a little bit easier there for some reason. <laughs> <laughs> that might, that might have been the only place in the Big Ten I never hit a three at, but uh, <laughs> I think. <laughs> I always blamed it on the fact that they use the Adidas ball. So I have a built-in excuse there. Like when someone hands you a golf ball, that's not a Titleist. You know, for a good shooter, that's a big difference, right? So I want to ask, were you playing when the, when you guys used the girls' basketball for about three or four minutes? Was that Were you on the team then? I was. We were talking about that. Yeah, I actually, uh, you know, people ask me a lot of time, what the, that's probably the craziest thing that you could never dream up in a million years. But we actually played like I think it was like six, four to six minutes of a real game with a girls' ball, and I airballed a three in the. I shot it about into the orange crush tuba hole, and <laughs> and Wayne McLean was bitching at me in the timeout, like he like he always did because I was his recruit, and uh, and so he's telling me something, and all of a sudden I see Tisdale is taking the ball out of bounds, and he's yelling at the ref, and I'm like, why is he yelling at the? You know, Tisdale was pretty, 
pretty calm, but Tisdale had actually tried to get the ref's attention and he like waved them off and ignored them. And he said, no, this ball's not right. And finally he went and got coach Weber and said, look, this is a, you know, 27.5 or something or a 28.5 basketball. And we, yeah. So we, I was probably, I think I'm the only NCAA basketball game in the world that played with a girl's ball for four to six minutes. Yeah, Brian Brian Barnhart, you know, who does the uh, play-by-play all these years, he's he loves that story. He talks about it all the time, and uh, you know, he said you guys were all yelling at at uh, coach. He said something's wrong with the ball; it's too small. It's I think it's and and he he didn't believe you guys. He's like, just keep playing; it's yeah. fine. <laughs> yeah, that's why Tisdale had to take the ball and put it in his face because like you, the coaches all thought it was some bullshit excuse because we were all over six from the field. <laughs> And, uh, so uh, unbelievable that that could possibly happen. But I was talking about that the other day, like uh, the fact that they let Wisconsin play with a Sterling branded basketball for so long and Michigan played with the rock. They don't do it anymore. But I just thought I always have felt like that is such an underrated, like home home court advantage to play with a one off brand of basketball. And no one has ever brought it up besides me, but I, uh, you know, the week before we went to Wisconsin, we used to have to roll out like the Sterling brand balls and they're like pieces of shit. It's it's unbelievable how bad those balls are. <laughs> and uh, anyways, it was like no wonder that, you know, they were like one hundred and three and seven at home under Bo Ryan. Um, he was like he was a great coach and it didn't have that much to do with it. But I, I do. You know, there's a lot of truth said in just I I I always hated shooting with the Adidas basketball. And I hated I hated shooting with the Sterling basketball, and I actually made a few at the Cole Center. Never made one at, at Indiana, though. Yeah, no, I, you know, it's funny you brought that up because a lot of back when we played too, everybody had you know you had all the different types of basketballs, and they were always in, a little inconsistent. And then uh, I always liked one that was a little bit uh, wasn't brand new out of the box. I wanted a little bit, you know. Uh, with with some uh, scratches on it, or it's been played a uh, used a little bit versus you know the newer ones. But uh, yeah, I, I, I just that we talk about that all the time. So I had to I had to see if you were a part of that uh, uh, a part of that game. Unfortunately, yes. <laughs> Go ahead. Who, Sam. I have one more one one last question. Who's got more Richwood points at Richwoods? Oh, no I, idea. Official. I have no idea. I'm going to say Doug probably does. (laughs) Doug had Coach K in his living room. I never had Coach K in my living room. I I read that in an article when I was prepping for this. I thought two things were interesting with that article. The the Coach K in your living room story, and then Doug brought up what was basically my exact childhood because Doug said, and I didn't know this until I read it, but Doug's dad also played football at Illinois. So if you're listening to this, my dad played on the 80 to 84, 84 Rose Bowl team. And Doug said his dad played football at Illinois. And he went down to way more football games than he ever went to basketball games. And the team was so horrible that they'd always be in the parking lot tailgating instead of in the game. And that was literally, I mean, you look at the early 2000s Illini football team. That was my childhood in a nutshell. So I always thought that was super interesting. Yeah, we were, um, Heil Stout, who was another great player, you know, uh, he played with my dad back in, in, in the 50s. And uh, Hiles and, and my dad would go to the game. So we'd get there early and we would, you know, get a couple of buddies and we'd play catch. And we'd go in probably middle of the first quarter and we'd watch the game. And, of course, you know, back in the 70s, it was Illinois football was pretty rough. And by the third quarter, Chiefs got done doing his dance. Uh, third quarter, we're beating, getting beat, getting crushed. We'd go back out to the parking lot and hang out for a little bit. And then the fourth quarter, I, uh, a fourth period, we'd be uh, on I-74 driving back. And, and my dad's like, got to beat the traffic, Doug. <laughs> for sure. Okay, Dad. Yeah. And so we listen to the game. And, and I'd sit in the back seat and listen to my dad and Hiles talk about, you know, uh, their playing days. And, and um, you know, it sort of set the seed that, you know, I wanted to play college uh, athletics, football, uh, basketball. So, um, just listening to their relationship and their bond and, and they were good friends over living in Peoria. Um, you know, it, uh, I thought that was pretty cool to sit in the back of the, uh, uh the car and just listen to those guys tell the funny stories about them on the road and the Judson twins and all this. So, you know, it's a, it's a big family. Um, you know, you guys are a part of it. You know, Brad's done a great job of welcoming all of us back anytime, 
Um, you know, he's uh, he's uh, really honored us in the past and done a lot of good things. And, you know, I, I've got no complaints with him and his staff and they work hard. And, uh, you know, he was he was we were talking a little bit about the NILs and this transfer portal thing. And he's, he was talking to Roy Williams at North Carolina and he said he's telling me a story. He said, you know, Roy's like, you know you got the season and then, you know, you're recruiting. He said, you need, you needed a month or so just to get a little downtime, you know, uh, where you're not, you know, trying to, uh, put your, your, your finger in the dike there to, to, to try to, you know, try to get a recruit or this or that. So there's no, as soon as the season's over, you know, Brad's like, Hey, listen, you know, it's like starting all over again. You know, we've got transfer, we've got kids graduating and blah, blah, blah. So, it's uh you know it's twenty four seven it's three hundred sixty five days a year so it's a a little bit different. I've tried to get Brad to come up and play a little bit of golf and it seems like every year he's got something going on whether they're traveling to Italy or you know they're trying to get some recruits or you know they got stuff going on so it's a they got you know uh, it's a it's a little different world when we got done playing in in March you know after tournament you know we had usually April and May where we didn't really do anything you know we would just sort of recover and you know, uh, these guys, I'm sure you probably did as well. You know, you go, you know, as soon as the season's over, maybe a week off, but you're going right back at it um, and, and, you know, getting back into the gym and, and working on your game. Yeah, I still feel the effects of that when I get out of bed in the morning. <laughs> Serious. <laughs> it's like individuals nine, 10 days later after the season, you know? Yeah, yeah speaking of which, uh, is your dad getting his knee replaced? I heard through the grapevine. Is he, uh, <laughs> he going to get the uh, well, taken well, care of. Well, he's a big dumb animal. We had him scheduled to get his knee replaced, and uh, we had to cancel it because he, he, you know, he went down to the beach with my kids and got his knee right there where the incision site would be. He got his knee all scratched up, so uh, it's just t- right. it's just typical. But oh man, well, you guys, young bucks. Uh, <laughs> I, I, I'm I'm a few years behind your dad, so I'll be getting my probably one of my knees replaced. But so far, so good. I'm, but uh, yeah, I can feel it coming here. I, you know, it's it's a, it's a it's inevitable for sure, for sure. All right, Sam, well, you want to wrap thanks. us up? Yeah, yeah, Doug. Thanks, uh, thanks a ton for getting on. That was awesome. Obviously, hearing your perspective and, and your stories and stuff. Like you said, we're uh, Billy and I are super excited. It's, it's a really fun team to watch, and, and we're excited to see what you know what this team can do down the stretch here. Um, you know, through the rest of February and early March into the Big Ten tournament and, and whatnot. So. Um, awesome stuff. Thanks for joining us. We really thanks. appreciate it. Yeah, thank thanks you so for much, having me. Appreciate you guys both having me on. And, uh, you know, it was great talking to you and catching up, talking about the good old days. You guys were uh, not only great players, but it sounds like uh, you guys are, are got a nice family. And, uh, you know, you got uh, congrats on your kids. And, and that's what's really important. So, you know, uh, and, um, and, uh, you know, just keep doing what you're doing and uh, have fun at what you're doing and, uh, you know, go Illini. Awesome. Go Illini. Thanks, Doug. <laughs>